On today's show, who do the Dallas Mavericks think they are? Really, who do they think they are to come into that game and play that way against the Utah Jazz? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section, what's the Mavericks' biggest weakness? The biggest weakness, the biggest one you can think of. Let me know. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase LockedOnNBA, for a first deposit match up to $100. The Mavs lose to the Jazz. Kyrie Irving returns. We should be excited about Kyrie getting back, about the Mavs. Big two back together for the first time in a while since December 8th, I think. And we should be looking at this Jazz game going, oh, the Mavs are coming off of a really good team win against the Warriors. And here we are. The Mavs lose this game in a fashion that made it look like the Mavs spent last night, New Year's, in Los Angeles or wherever they were, or maybe in California, and the Jazz spent it in Utah. You could chalk it up to that. You could just say, oh, the Mavs just didn't have it. Look at the Jazz. Jazz shot super well from the floor. What did the Jazz shoot? Well, 51% from the field, and they shoot 27% from three. So that means that they shot so well from two that the Mavs just couldn't keep up with what the Jazz were doing. And the Jazz were pretty healthy. Lowry Markkinen was back, and Colin Sexton, and uh, Jordan Clarkson got the first triple-double since, like, some of you were not even born. Like, he, oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going that way today. I'm looking at this game, and what I just watched told, tell me, told me one thing about this Mavericks team. They do not know who they are. With this loss. Because if you lose a game like this, where Kyrie comes back, Dante Exum was available, you've got Luka, you've got this new lineup that you feel good about, that you're excited about with the emergence of Dante Exum, with Derek Lively playing the way he's been playing, with Derek Jones Jr. giving you what he's been giving you this season. You've got a pretty full bench now that you feel good about with contributions from Tim Hardaway Jr. and, and Josh Green coming back and Grant Williams doing some things. You know, you've got good contribution. Like you can spread your two stars out into bench units now. Luka's been playing amazing. Kyrie's back now. And you come into this game, and if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you lose 127-90. to Score 11 points in the fourth quarter. Jason Kidd pulled the plug with 6 minutes and 42 seconds left. Now, that's probably your biggest indicator that the Mavericks just didn't have it in this game. That they partied too much for New Year's, and that they came into Utah, and they don't really drink in Utah. I don't know if you guys know this or not. They... They drink like a uh, carbonated milk beverage, like a, like a Coke plus milk beverage. That's like their their whole thing. People like line up for it in the mornings just like coffee. Uh, I'm not sure that the Jazz partaking <laughs> partake that necessarily. My boss would probably be upset with me if I'm talking about Utah this way. But the Jazz looked so much more prepared. They looked like they cared more. It looked like they came in and said, Hey, we're supposed to be the quote unquote underdogs with Luca and Kyrie being the two best players in the game. I don't think that was the case tonight in the way that they played, but 
you know, Derek Lively outplaying what Walker Kessler did. Like you're looking at this team going, oh man, this Mavs team should be so much better than this Jazz team coming in, even if the Jazz get, get teams back or get players back. That is not what happened in this game at all. And so I wonder, do the Mavericks know who they are? If you're the Mavericks, and I'm going to talk to you for a second, Mavericks, you are not good enough as a team at this point to just walk into a game, expect, all right, we're getting Kyrie back, and then all of a sudden everything fall into place, and you're just going to walk over teams. You've done a good job. Still talking to the Mavericks, so hold on for a second. Let me talk to the Mavericks. You've done a good job this season of taking care of business. Office Depot, you, you've, got, you've done a good job of coming into games that you're supposed to win and winning those games. So far this season, the Mavericks are uh, so far the Mavericks are 12 and three against teams below 500 this season. I think it was 12 and two before this jazz game. They're 12 and three. They've been able to come into games and take care of business when they needed to. One of those losses I know is to the Grizzlies, and that was without Luca. I'm pretty sure the other one is too. And you come into this game and just, it wasn't even that they lost to the Jazz. The Jazz have been playing really well lately. I'm going to give them a little credit because the Jazz, since December 13th now, are 8-3. and three. They've had almost 120 offensive rating, which is amazing, points scored per 100 possessions. 116, almost 117 defensive rating. That's actually, those numbers are probably going to go uh, improve for both of them after this Mavs game. But they've been a good team since for the last two or three weeks or so. I think they're a really well-coached team. They look like they're more prepared. They look like they're better together. And if you compare that to what I just saw with the Mavericks, the Mavericks were the opposite of that in this game. They did not look prepared. They did not look like they had a game plan. It did not look like – it just looked like you're going to roll the ball out and say, all right, Kyrie's back. We've got this. We've got this in the bag. We take care of business against these teams. You can't have it. Like, you just can't have a game like this if you're going to continue and try and be one of the best teams in the West. And honestly, if you're going to make the playoffs in the West, because right now – the Mavs have been playing pretty well this season. I just said they take care of business really well. They're 19 and 15. They're in seventh right now. <laughs> the West is too good for you to drop one of these games and for you to not know who you are and to walk into a game like this and be overconfident about who you are as a team and then just not even show up really. How many cuts to the basket did the Jazz have where they just got a wide open dunk or a wide open layup in some way? The Mavs defense. We've talked about you and I have talked about this a million times. Their defense is predicated on effort. It's on guys being together, playing together, knowing who's going to be where. Especially when the Mavericks play smaller, they've got a rookie center. He's got, he's still you know working his way into the NBA. Like they've got to be communicative. They've got to know who's who's getting who, who's picking up who, who's jumping out to rotate. And the Jazz have this ball movement. They get a ton of assists. How many did they finish in this game? It felt like they had a million. Uh, the Jazz in this game, 37 assists to 49 made shots, which is a ton, especially a ton compared to the Mavericks. And the Jazz just ball movemented the Mavericks all over the court. They would pass one way. The ball moves faster than a player. Ball moves one way. Somebody tries to catch up to it. Then somebody has to go run over there. Then somebody has to run over there. And then all of a sudden, Walker Kessler's at the rim for a lob. It was over and over and over again in this game. And it makes me wonder if this Mavericks team just it's overcomp. Like, overconfident about who they are. We've got Luka. We've got this. Kyrie's coming back. We've got this. It's a ridiculous notion because in the NBA today, teams are too good. This Jazz team has been too good. <laughs> it's, it seems crazy to say if you look at it. If you told me this roster was, was too good for the Mavs to overlook them like three years ago, I said, who's their best player? Oh, it's Lowry Markkinen. <laughs> oh, Simone Fontecchio is going to go off for 24 this game. <laughs> Oh, guess what? Chris Dunn is back, and he's playing good defense. 
oh, hey, guess what? Uh, Colin Sexton is not even going to score 10 points, and the Mavs are going to get beat. Hey, Jordan Clarkson is I mean, it's just like you just go down the list and you go, man, these are the best players on the Jazz, and the Mavs are better than them. They have more talent. They have more talent than that team. You have Luka, you have Kyrie, you have a, a, you know pretty solid role players around them. Like You should have come in and beat this team, Mavericks. And yet, you look at what happened, and it looked like they partied too hard the night before, came in, didn't know what they were doing, didn't really have a game plan. And to Jason Kidd, he came in and was experimenting with lineups. He tried to you know start the lineup that the Mavs have been talking about. He tried to throw guys, throw guys in here and there. He tried Hardy, who seemed to work in the third quarter. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But I think that this, this Mavs team came in with just too much. They, they got lost in their own sauce a little bit in who they are as a team. Overlooked this Jazz team because you just beat them by 50 last time you played. It's a completely different team than the one you beat by 50. A bunch of players from, the, from theirs are back. And the Mavs just looked at it and were way overconfident who they think that they are. And I need this Mavs team, if they if they want to make the play, honestly, if you want to make the playoffs, you've got to come into games like this and take care of the business that you think that you should be able to take care of. And they just did in this game. And it makes me wonder, going forward, if the Mavericks know who they are. That's been my big question about the Mavs right now. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you need to do? Do you know what preparation you need? Do you know what game plan you're supposed to have? Kid, what was the game plan in this one? Because I don't know, offensively... it. it was a mess. Second quarter, Luka was jacking threes up all over the place. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how the Mavs lost this game and more coming up on today's Locked On Mavs. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go to Prize Picks right now, and you can pick the more or less on projections on two to six player stats and watch the winnings roll in. All you have to do is go to PrizePicks.com. You can log in and you can join different leagues and stuff to uh, to do like specials and combos, so like Travis Kelsey receptions, LeBron James three pointers made, things like that. You can combine it. They got college football projections as well. You can do all kinds of stuff with prize picks. It's fun. It's daily. You don't have to play against guys that know exactly what they're doing and have been playing it for years. You're just playing against the projections. So if you think that you can go on prize picks right now, go to prizepicks.com. Just try it. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. See if there's a projection on there, either points, rebounds, points plus rebounds plus assists. You can go to a football one, rushing yards, all that kind of stuff. If you want to put your money where your mouth is and say, oh, that player will definitely get more or less than that projection go ahead and try it prizepix.com again use that code locked on nba for first deposit match up to a hundred dollars prizepix.com slash locked on nba use that code locked on nba it's all lowercase locked on nba and check out prizepix.com daily fantasy sports made easy thanks everybody for being part of the show uh and part of the raccoon squad listening every day we appreciate each and every one of you last day that i'm traveling i'll be back so i'll be back in the normal studio back with the uh back with slightly biased on wednesday back with the guest hopefully dana larson this week and all that. So uh, this is the last day you'll have me just completely solo, not at home and with my in my studio and all that kind of stuff. If you're joining for the first time, appreciate you. This is a five day a week uh, in every post game Dallas Mavericks podcast, Lockdown Mavs. Appreciate you jumping in. Who are the Mavericks? I don't think they knew who they were because coming into this game, it was just a mess. Even from the even from the beginning, they only outscored the Jazz in one quarter, and it was by four. Or by, in one quarter, and it was by four in the second. Uh, the Jazz did shoot really well. Now, the Jazz came out, they were hot early, and it felt like it, the Mavericks really took that to heart and just like got frustrated because they are losing going into the second quarter, 26-37. to 37. The Jazz had shot 62.5%. The Mavs had missed, one for, uh, had missed eight threes. They were one for nine. 
And it felt like the Mavs teams in the past where they miss a bunch of threes, then they get frustrated, and then they didn't go, don't get back on defense, and they don't rotate, they don't put the right effort in. It felt like that kind of a team again. And they just have to break that. They have to break that habit if they want to be a playoff team this season, if they want to continue to be good, and if they want to continue to follow this path that we've been talking about where they are good this year, they at least make up make make the playoffs, maybe win a first-round series, hopefully win one. And then next season, you make a you know this offseason, you make a big move and then you take a step forward. You're not going to do that if you have games like this where you don't take care of business. You don't you you, know, you take a team lightly that you probably shouldn't, and you come in and you lose in such a way. I mean, Luca, the beginning of that second quarter, he hit a couple of threes, got really three point happy, and then just jacked a bunch more. <laughs> he just was chucking up threes over and over and over again, and it that's just not good offense for the Mavericks to walk to the other end. And to just him shoot a three or Tim Hardaway Jr. just jack up a three or Kyrie Irving just jack up like a mid-range shot. They're just not getting into anything. They're not making anything happen. And this Mavericks team since December 14th, they're four and seven. Their offensive rating has been 112. 112 points scored per 100 possessions. To give you a perspective, 112 points per 100 possessions is the Washington Wizards offense. The Chicago Bulls offense, the Los Angeles Lakers offense, and the Jazz offense for this entire season. <laughs> they are playing like one of those teams recently over the last couple of weeks. They are not organized enough. They have not been playing well enough for them to just walk into a game and think they're going to just walk all over a team. You have not earned that right yet. And I felt like in the second quarter is where they really kind of just like gave up and just started jacking up a bunch of threes. And they cut it, they cut it to like seven or eight in that. And uh, and just really, their defense just betrayed them. <laughs> felt like over and over and over again in this one. Uh, the Jazz finally did start missing some, and then the they cut it to what seven at halftime. And then by halftime, you're starting to look and say, okay, seven points. Jazz shot really well. The Mavs can come back in this game. And in the third quarter, they really started started playing well. It felt like they were really getting into it. Luca, Kyrie. Uh, Hardy started instead of Exum in the third quarter because Exum went out with a heel injury. He was questionable coming into this game. He's had some, you know, some things here and there where he's been questionable, and so this time it was a right heel contusion that he's gonna, that he was out for. And I just would rather, I would definitely rather them be cautious about Dante Exum. He's had big injuries in the past, and all of a sudden Dante Exum is really important for this team, which is kind of wild. So as much as it stunk that he didn't get to play a full game in his first game back against Utah, his former team. Uh, they needed to just play it safe with that, so I get that. Hardy started. Kid wants to go with that that other ball handler next to Luca and Kyrie, so they can create some more, you know, like ball like uh, offensive creation. They can move a little bit more. Didn't really feel like they got into a lot of that at all, really. But Hardy hit a couple of threes. Derek Lively hit a nice paint catch on a turnaround, and then he had a nice leaner against the Utah zone. Utah went into zone because the Mavs weren't shooting very well at all, and the Mavs cut it to three at that point, and then. <laughs> they cut it to three. Let's see. Yeah, they cut it to three, and then the it, they never got it anywhere closer to that the rest of the game. And the Jazz just kind of walked away with it, and they went on a run in the fourth quarter, and Jason Kidd pulled the plug, like I said, with almost seven minutes to go, which is kind of just embarrassing. And honestly, that's the way that the game went. The Mavs defense just kind of couldn't keep up and couldn't keep the Jazz away from the rim enough for them to, uh, for them to even, like, get a – for them to even feel like they could breathe in this game. 
the Jazz shot 21 of 23 from the at the rim. 21 of 23. They missed two shots at the rim. And I think one of them was a block by Lively. Oh my gosh, just br- just brutal. Just a brutal game for the Mavericks to like it felt like you had some momentum because the Mavericks all of a sudden have this long, you know, uh like home like home stand. And I think the Mavericks need to stack up a bunch of wins. I think tomorrow I'm going to look at this home stand and we're going to talk about why this is a very important stretch for the Mavericks season. It will not define the Mavericks season. I'm not going to go there just yet, but they need to stack up a bunch of wins, especially with Kyrie back and Luka. Homestand, you've got a bunch of teams that you're playing that are not necessarily the best in the NBA. You've got to stack up a bunch of wins coming up in this homestand. And so it would have been great for the Mavericks to have the Warriors win, then win this one with Kyrie back, use that momentum going into the next one, and then maybe you you build some of it. And now it just feels like, to me, they're back to zero. The Mavericks may not feel like this, but <laughs> from the outside looking in, it feels like they're back to zero in this one. We did see Hardy go on a little bit of a run and score. He, you know, he, he hit a bunch of shots. He hit five threes in this one. I'll talk about him in the, in the third segment. I also want to talk about Lively and talk about what he did in this game because I thought we saw a little bit of growth from him. And so let's talk about that. But, man, it, it was just weird. The only other thing I want to talk about with this game is that the Mavs tried to go small again, and they keep trying to do this. They went small about the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter. It was kind of Jason Kidd's last-ditch effort. Say, all right, let's just try one more thing to see if we can cut this lead down. It was 79-97, so they're down by, what, 18? Luca, Kyrie, Tim Hardaway Jr., Derek Jones Jr., and Grant Williams. I don't know that that crew is ever going to play defense well enough to come back in a game like this. They're going to hit enough threes, and that's probably Jason Kidd's bet, is he just said, Let me just, let's just see if we can hit enough threes. And Kyrie Irving won a little like 5-0 burst where he hit you know, a three-point shot, then he had the steal and one, he missed the free throw. Can we can we can we say that Kyrie missed free throw off of the end one was when it just like ended for the Mavericks? It felt like it ended there. It felt like the Mavs' attempt to come back ended when Kyrie missed a free throw in the fourth quarter because that has ne- that never really happens, and yet it did in this one. And then about two minutes later, or about a minute later or so, uh, the Jazz hit a couple more just shots right at the rim. I mean, honestly, dunks right at the rim, and Jason Kidd called a timeout. The Mavs tried to. Come back with the same lineup. Tim Hardaway Jr. had that egregious turnover where he's just literally standing at the top of the key trying to figure out what to do with the ball because the Mavericks had no offensive plan. I'm telling you, they just didn't seem like they had anything that they wanted to to go to. And so Tim's just standing there looking around for somebody to come around at an off-ball screen or just to do something. And the you know the ball gets tapped away from him, and then all of a sudden you uh, you know you get. You know, it's a 103 to eight to 84. It's a 19 point lead, and you get another dunk at the rim. Grant Williams tried to stir things up with Keontae George, where he was kind of hooking him, and then Grant Williams tries this thing every once in a while where he just gets into somebody's face. He gets called for a tech, and Jason Kidd goes, "Enough, enough. Let's end this. Let's put them out of their misery, and take the starters out, take everybody out, basically, and put in the the, the very far end of the bench guys." A frustrating, awful loss, but. Jaden Hardy and Derek Lively showed some stuff. What did they show in this game, and were we excited about it, or am I a little skeptical about it? We'll talk about that coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of odds and lines, same-game parlays, bets on the new Explore tab. You can go check. You can find parlays, uh, make a parlay on the Parlay Hub, the best way, way to find popular parlays. So if you want to do, do a parlay and you're like, I don't know how to build one. Like, I don't know how to do 
all right, let me do this team plus this team plus this, plus this odd. Like they have that in the parlay hubs. You just click the parlay hub and you can pick a couple of really popular ones. There's one for, uh, let's see. There's one for like, <laughs> there's one for a Sixers Bulls game. Tobias Harris, 15 points. Kobe White, 20 plus points. DeMar DeRozan, 25 plus points. Joel Embiid, 30 plus points. If you think all those are going to hit, you can put down 10 bucks and you can win 47 bucks if you want to uh, to do that one. So they have all kinds of other stuff like that. But check it out on fanduel.com slash locked on NBA. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. A $5 bet, not even on a money line anymore, just a $5 bet. So go check it out. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet and to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Isaac, let's get into this third part here where I want to talk about Jaden Hardy and Derek Lively. Let's start with Jaden Hardy. He's had an up and down season this year where he's had some games where you come in, you feel you feel good about what he's bringing to the table. And you've had others where you go, man, it just don't seem like there's any growth from Jaden Hardy. In this game, 17 points, gets the start at the third quarter instead of uh, Dante Exum. He hits five of his nine threes. Three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, and he plays about 21 minutes. Played into the fourth quarter. Played some of the garbage time minutes as well. Am I encouraged or am I discouraged by Hardy? I didn't. I was not very encouraged by this game, to be honest. I think his process is, has been good at times. I think there was a, a segment in this game where I saw him make some really good passes and try some stuff. Beginning of the second quarter, I thought he had three or four really good possessions in a row where I thought he took good shots. He missed those shots, but he took good shots. He made some good passes, and they either got deflected or it was it was missed. Uh, that you know that he off the uh, the tr- the steal and uh, a transition opportunity. He threw one up to Josh Green to dunk, and he should have just had it really easily. And Josh Green missed that one, and then he got an assist to Derek Lively off of the pick and roll where he had a floater. Oh no, Hardy hit the floater. Excuse me. And so I thought he had some some good things here and there. But the problem is with some of these games that we're looking at with Jaden Hardy. Oh, this is a good Hardy game. 17 points. He hit five threes again. The only good games he's had this season are when he hits five threes. He, this is the third time he's done this this season where he's hit five threes. And it feels like he's becoming just what Tim Hardaway Jr. was a couple years ago. If you can hit a bunch of open threes, you're good and you're helpful. If you can't hit threes and you can't hit these open threes, then what else are you doing for him? Because he's just driving into guys sometimes, getting blocked. He's not hitting a bunch of, uh, you know, mid-range stuff he had the one floater I just mentioned and then other than that he was what uh one is he missed five other twos didn't get to the free throw line uh, had the two turnovers as well I mean he's just not creating stuff that you feel like you don't feel like he's really taking steps in that way now could Hardy steps be slower than some other guys sure they could be he's got to really work on his decision making and decision making the NBA can be really difficult especially right now when offenses are so like hyped up right now. Offenses are souped up in a way that we haven't seen ever. And so every decision matters on offense so much more than they used to because teams are scoring 120 points per 100 possessions. That's insane. That's insane. And so every single possession feels like you have to score in today's game because if you don't, then all of a sudden you missed a huge opportunity. Your, you know, your offensive rating goes down and all of a sudden you're not keeping up with the other team on the other side who are scoring pretty much every other time down the court. So with Hardy, maybe his steps are a little smaller. And maybe some of these 5-3 games are a good sign of, all right, he's still got the confidence. He can still knock down shots. The more of these th- games he puts together, 
that should be that should be better, right? Like the more games where he hits five threes and gets hot and shows that he has that ability, that should be a positive for the Mavericks. Problem is he just doesn't seem like he's putting together all the other stuff that we that we'd love to see. But yeah, this is definitely his third game shooting that. He's had a couple other games where he's shot fifty uh, percent. He hit two of four three other times, three of eight one time two of three from three. Like, he can hit some threes, and he can knock down some threes. His percentage has not been that good this season. But remember, he's been playing in real segmented, like, weird spots where he'll close a game, but then he won't play another game, and then he'll start one game and then, you know, come in in the third quarter another game. It's just been all up and down. So with Hardy's growth, let's take the let's take the win with the five threes and say, all right, it's at least positive that he's continuing to show that he can shoot in the NBA, especially playing off of Luka and Kyrie. If he can get the open shots, he can knock them down. That's at least a skill in the NBA. You'll take that. But can he grow into anything else? Maybe it'll t- just take a little bit more time with him. On Derek Lively, there is one thing I am very po- – let's let's end on the positive here. Something I'm very encouraged by is Derek Lively's ability to score in the post. He was 5 of 8 in this game. That means he missed three shots. I think two of them were, were alley-oops right at the rim that he definitely should have got. He just didn't get his hands on the ball. And uh, it felt like I've been watching a lot of football with my family as I'm traveling. It felt like he he got it, took his eyes off the ball before he caught it a couple of times and tried to just dunk it really hard instead of getting it right to the rim, which is just really uncharacteristic of him. But he missed those two. His other shots, he had some really good stuff. He had a leaner where he's posting up on a guy and he turns and he's like, all right, I've got a weird angle at the basket, but I'm going to put the ball in one hand. It's not it's not fully a sky hook. It's not really a floater. It's just kind of like a leaner where he's got the ball stretched out and he you know, puts it in the basket. I thought that was good. He had another hook shot in this game, at least one, maybe two. He's, he's showing a little bit more. In the, he did a couple more times. Uh, he scored a couple more times when Luca was double teamed and he got the ball turned and dunked or turned and got a layup or something. He's just showing growth in that area, and I think that's such a positive because coming into the season, I was worried about his offense. I was worried about what he was going to bring to the table offensively at all because he was touted as eventually this dude, like he'll be able to rim run, but eventually this dude's going to be able to step out and hit a three. And I was like, okay, well, what else is he? Like, what else is he doing? Then I brought on Rafael Barlow from Lockdown NBA Big Board, and he said, well, he's got got this face-up game a little bit too. And I was like, man, what? What, what what should I really expect from from this guy? Because he didn't do a whole lot in college, but this high school stuff shows that he could be this different guy. But we've seen some good post-up stuff from him. We've seen great stuff out of, you know, Luca getting trapped and double team, him taking advantage of that space. And I'm going to take the positive from Derek Lively on the offensive end, him being able to score on mismatches on, on guys in the post and all that. So let's take the win on that, on that development of Derek Lively scoring on a little bit of a post game, a couple of shots here and there. I'll take that win with Derek Lively. We're moving forward, and the Mavericks have this ro- this home stand now for them to stack up some wins, prove who you are as a team, and to not look like you did in this game because this should hopefully this motivates them because man, this is a really frustrating game if you're a Mavs fan. In the comment section, let me know what's the biggest Mavs biggest weakness. And uh, tomorrow, come back. We'll talk about the Mavs schedule, why this homestand is so important, what I expect to see, what should we see with Luka and Kyrie lineups going forward. We'll do all that uh, tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom!